0: Yeah, we are back. And tonight we are going to do a special. We're going to be talking about head coverings, okay? All around the world. Yeah, I know y'all are excited. I know y'all are excited. Yeah. All around the world, there is confusion in Christianity regarding head coverings just as well as in the Israelite camps. Okay, and that's why I conclude that neither one has the Holy Spirit as they suppose. Now, the letters of Paul are confusing, and that's why there's no clear cut direction on men and women um, having their head covered. Now, I'm going to be bringing out a clip, and I'll put these links in the description, so you can know who these people are. But this woman probably gave the best explanation that I can come across on head coverings in Christianity. So without further ado, let's go.
1: It gets a little bit confusing because if the husband or if the man is under God the Father, and if as these... Commentators say that the covering implies that the woman shows she has a Something over her a power over her head So she wears her hair as a level of submission is an outward manifestation of an inward spirit issue so Paul speaks of hair but if the husband is under the head of God, then why doesn't he also have long hair? So it's, it's, that's where I think it gets confusing because if it's, if the hair is just a symbolism of submission under authority, then you would think that the man also would have a covering to show his submission to God as his authority and it doesn't really say that what it comes down to is they're talking about glory and and it says in verse um in verse 7 for a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and the glory of god and in verse 14 you can see that he's speaking of hair because he says you know it doesn't you know judge amongst yourself is it not against nature for a man to have his head covered in hair and they're talking about women having their head shorn, you know, if, if she's not under submission, she might as well just shave her head And and so that's why you're all like wait, what? Huh? <laughs> so why is it that when the man's head is uncovered he is the image and glory of God and it makes me wonder You know, does God have short hair? I Don't know Because then it gets even more confusing in verse 13, where it says, judge this amongst yourselves. And then in verse 16, it says, but if any man seem contentious, we have no such custom. So it's like he's just saying, this is a customary thing that isn't a hard line, you know, matter of practice and procedure. But more that he's just making an observation. But what we do know is that he's saying that the man is the image and glory of God and reflects that relationship between God and Christ. And then it says that the hair of the woman, I'm going to read the verses. Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. So you can see that our hair is given to us as a covering, but that long hair is a glory unto the woman, just as the man who submits himself and his hair isn't long, he is glory unto God. So that's why I say there's a lot more confusing things than clear things what i would look and say conclusively is that this is a custom mar- a custom issue it's a cultural issue as to whether when a woman prays she's to have her head covered or uncovered but when in doubt <laughs> go with what is clear in the fact that he says that a woman's hair is a covering And so if you are feeling uncertain, like, should I pray if my head is uncovered, then grow your hair long because we can see that long hair is a glory unto the woman. And that's just a biblical statement. Um, Obviously there are subjective relativistic ideology as to whether a woman feels like her hair is a glory or not, but that's just your personal preference. But according to scripture, If a woman have long hair, it's not just hair, long hair. It is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. Um, To me, it seems a lot less like hair is symbolic of submission. Because if that was the case, then it would make sense to me that the man would have long hair, symbolic of his submission to the Lord. But rather, this is Paul pointing to creation. And somehow, as the man being made in the image of God, that maybe God has short hair. But the woman is giving long hair as a glory to her. I am so sorry that I have nothing better to offer than that.
0: (laughs) Right there. She even admitted it. It's confusing because... What she brought out was how hair, long hair, is a covering for the woman. And she also went to the key point, and let me get that real quick so I don't butcher it up. But this is going to be in Corinthians chapter 11, of course. I know y'all know that. And this is going to be in verse 13. She concluded with this judge in yourselves. Is it calmly or beautiful that a woman pray unto God uncovered? He gave the church the opportunity to judge for themselves. He didn't put no mandate on them. And verse 15 is the point. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. So he's constantly saying a woman must cover her hair. She must cover her hair. And then he is saying, look, her hair is a covering. And verse 16. But if any man seem to be contentious, like they arguing about it, they fussing about it. They're making a big deal about it. This is what Paul concludes. We have no such custom, neither the churches of God. So he's saying there is no mandate on this. And I'm going to let her finish.
1: It is confusing, but it doesn't say that women have to wear a hat to pray. It doesn't say that at all. And it doesn't say that a woman has to, you know, wear a hat when she's out in public. It doesn't say anything like that, which is the traditions of men, how they've made it today today. So if you feel that you need to have your head covered to pray, according to scripture, long hair is good enough. And that is the best I can have this side of heaven.
0: She brought it out. She brought it out. She was like, look, you know, there's no scripture that say a woman has to have her head covered, walking around. There's no scripture that say she must wear a hat. He just says, Look, I don't have any customs. And this is the reason why you'll watch Israelite camps and they got all these wraps and all these scarves on their head. And then you'll watch another Israelite camp and they can't wear any hats at all. Okay? They can't put nothing on their head. Okay? They have the same spirit that the Christian churches have, they have confusion in that area. So now we want to go to the next clip, all right? And that was by Melissa Scorer, and I looked at a few video clips, and many of them could not explain it. They could not explain it. And now I want to go to this next clip, and this is going to be the hijab. That's how you pronounce it, the hijab. And I'm going to play this clip. Sanaa asks,
2: is it permissible for girls to keep their head uncovered in home? This is a common question we get, especially from the subcontinent. They have this belief that a woman cannot sit in her home without wearing hijab on her head, though there's no one inside the home. And this is totally baseless. Not only that, they say if the adhan is being called, you have to cover your hair. If you want to recite the Qur'an, you have to cover your hair. If you want to go to the bathroom to perform wudu, you have to cover your hair. And all of this is nonsense. This is baseless. Any scholar who recommends this and says, oh, it's good, he is not a scholar, he has no knowledge. And this is why we do these programs. This is why we give lectures, this is why we would like to revive Islam truly and purely from the authentic sources, from the Qur'an, from the Sunnah, according to the understanding of the three favored and blessed generations of all times. Now if I go to Pakistan, if I go to Egypt, if I go to Morocco, if I go to the US, if I go to Indonesia, if I go to any Muslim country or see a Muslim community, I'll find a lot of innovations, people worshiping Allah differently to one another. Is this Islam? He says, why is your Islam better than mine? I'm not saying it's better. We say that Allah has revealed the Quran in Arabic for the Muslims to read. Allah has revealed the Sunnah and preserved it for the Muslims through the science of hadith, so that it explains the Quran thoroughly without any doubt to people. So why are you leaving the Quran and the Sunnah behind and following Tom, Dick, and Harry? Where in the Quran or in the Sunnah that a woman is burdened by wearing hijab, covering her hair to eat or to to recite the Qur'an or when the adhan is called. This is nonsense. Where in the Qur'an it says that she has to cover or wear uh, 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 something on her head in front of her father, uh, brother or uncle, this has no relation to Islam. This is why we urge our brothers and sisters, come back to the original Qur'an and Sunnah. Come back to the original Islam. Don't go to Tom, Dick, and Harry. Don't go to these called scholars who take your money and become rich. And all what they know is, Simon says, do this. And you blindly follow them. Islam is a religion of obedience to Allah and to the Messenger It's a logical religion, not logical without uh, 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 complying and implementing Islam- uh, Qur'an and Sunnah? No, it goes side by side. And when there is, whenever there is a conflict, we go with the Qur'an and Sunnah. But almost 99.9%, it's always according to everyone's logic. It's a logical religion with the grace of Allah So this is nonsense. Do not listen to anyone that tells you, as a woman, you have to cover your head when the adhan is being called. Why? Show me something from the Qur'an, from the Sunnah, or from the companions, may Allah be pleased with them, recommending this, and you will not find such a thing. All right,
0: so that's as Alaikum. They have a channel uh, called Huda TV, and he does Q&As all the time. All the time he does questions and answers. And he was talking about how the Quran has the true guidance, it tells us clearly, but people still follow man's tradition. So, he's basically saying that the woman doesn't have to wear a hijab, or when she's visiting her father, she doesn't have to have her head covered, you know, none of those things. Even when she's reciting the Quran, she doesn't have to have a head covering, okay? That's all man's traditions, okay? Okay. Which, in prayer, is different. In prayer, she must have her head covered. She must have only her face and her hands showing in prayer. And there is no confusion on that in Islam. A woman must have her head covered, tells you flat out. And any woman that is old enough to bleed, what I mean by... She's reached the puberty stage. If she does not have her head covered when she prays, God will not accept her prayer. Just like that. It's plain and simple. Now I want to go to another clip. Now this is going to be on pants. This is going to be on pants. and A lot of women are in jail and... They are in bondage, and they can't wear pants. And there are women who are wearing pants, but they ain't wearing them right. They don't know how to wear their pants right because women love showing. It's just second nature. They love showing, and I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it real. And this is the clip by the same person.
2: And it's called Can, Can a, woman- a woman wear jeans? Yeah. Now, <clears throat> we know that a Muslim woman has conditions for the attire she wears. So we have a dress code specifically for women that is more strict than the, stri- the, the dress code of men. And why is that? It's very simple. This is human nature. People are drawn to beautiful bodies of women, while beautiful bodies of men do not usually attract them. This is why Islam mandates hijab on women, but it does not mandate hijab on handsome, beautiful men. (coughs) Therefore, part of the conditions of A Muslim woman attire is that it does not fit her body. It does not show her body curves and bone structure. And this is regarding her going out in front of non-mahram men. But it also applies to going in front of her mahram relatives. So, A woman should wear normal clothes in front of her brothers, father, in front of her uncles, in front of her sons. These normal clothes should not be seductive. Even though they are are her mahram, at the end of the day, shaitan is there. Mm -hmm. So she must not wear jeans in front of them because jeans by nature fits a woman's body and shows her curves when she's sitting, when she's standing, when she's bending. And this allows shaitan to intervene when people have illness in their hearts. So Islam prohibits this. What about other women? The same thing with other women. She's allowed to wear jeans when she's alone in her home or when she's in the presence of her husband. And there's no problem in that. Or, when she's wearing a long shirt or T-shirt that goes down to her knees, so it hides her buttocks and waist and her thighs. In this case, (coughs) that would be (coughs) permissible, insha'Allah. Other than that, she must refrain from it, and Allah knows best. He kept it real.
0: He kept it real, because... If you're going to wear the jeans, then you need to cover up, okay? The problem with women is they want to show it. They want to show it. They don't want nobody to think they fat. And the ones that are fat want everybody to see they thick, okay? Women have these issues with their bodies. They do. And Allah will judge. He's going to judge you on it. But... I agree with the latter of what he said. I honestly do believe that a Muslim woman, she should be well represented in nice attire. And if she wears pants, then it's going to have an outer garment that's going to go down the top, the front, the bottom. Not showing the bone structure, you know, not the most skin type hands is practically cutting off your circulation. No, you need to represent because all that is being exposed, okay? And you think um about these women. Some of these women is being raped and some of the cause is because of how they're dressed. And at the end of the day like he said, shaitan or what we would call him Satan is always there, okay? Even amongst family members. That doesn't change nothing. That doesn't change nothing. So now we're going to go to the women's rights in Islam. <clears throat> the Muslim women's rights. Okay, now we know the women's rights in Christianity. All right, y'all, y'all knock it off. Okay, they gotta be quiet. They gotta, they gotta shut up. Um, they gotta stay under authority. They gotta be submitted uh, to their husbands and what else? Um, the Israelite camps. Oh yeah. They can't do no um, Mm -mm. ministry like far as evangelizing. Um, They can teach the younger women. Uh, The older women can teach the younger women. But for the most part, um, the Israelite camp women, I can say they are in jail. The Christian women, they have more liberty because (laughs) they don't obey the letters of Paul anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Paul wants them to be quiet And I heard a man say A long time ago Women can cook chicken Make babies and shut up Damn. Wow That's deep So now what? we're going to go to the women's what? rights In Islam Okay And here it is In Islam man. And this is Zakar uh, Dr. Zakar Some people pronounce it different, but um, he does Q&As all the time, and he's very popular. And this is called Men and Women Are Equal. Let's see what's up with that. And women are equal.
3: In Islam, men and women are equal. And according to a hadith, which is mentioned in Sayyid Bukhari, Worm number eight, in the book of Adab, chapter number two, hadith number two, a person came to the Prophet, Muhammad, Muhammad peace be upon him, and asked him that who is the person who deserves the maximum love and companionship in this world? And the Prophet said, Your mother. The man asked, Who next? The Prophet said, Your mother. The man asked, after that, who? The Prophet repeated for the third time, your mother. The man asked, after that, who? Then the prophet said, your father. In short, 75%, three-fourths of the love and companionship of the children are due to the mother. 25%, one-fourth of the love and companionship goes to the father. In short, the mother gets the gold medal. She gets the silver medal, as well as the bronze medal. The father has to be satisfied with a mere consolation prize. (laughs) (laughs) These are the teachings of Islam. In Islam, men and women are equal. But equality does not mean identicality. There are many misconceptions, especially when women are concerned in Islam. Many Muslims and non-Muslims, they have a misconception, which can be removed if you understand the authentic sources, Quran and the Sahih Hadith correctly. As I mentioned, men and women are overall equal. But equality does not mean identicality. Let me give you an example. That if in a class of students, two students, student A and B, they come out first and both acquire 80 marks out of 100. But if you analyze the answer sheet, there are 10 questions each carrying 10 marks. In the first answer, student A gets nine out of 10. Student B gets seven out of 10. So in question one, student A has a degree of advantage than student B. In question two, student B gets nine out of 10. And student A gets seven out of 10. In question two, student B has a degree of advantage than student A. In the remaining eight questions, both get eight out of 10. And if you total the marks of both the students, both get 80 out of 100. So if you analyze, both student A and B are overall equal. But in the answers to some questions, student A has a degree of advantage. In answers to some questions, student B has a degree of advantage. But overall, both are equal. Similarly in Islam, men and women are equal. Brotherhood in Islam, does not only mean that the same sexes are equal. The universal in Islam means that besides race, caste, and creed, even the sex are overall equal. Men and women are equal in Islam. But in some aspects, the men have a degree of advantage. In some aspects, the women have a degree of advantage. But overall, both are equal. For example, if a robber enters my house I will not say that I believe in women's rights, I believe in women's liberation, therefore my sister, my wife, my mother should go and fight the robber. Because Allah says in Surah Nisa, chapter 4, verse 34, that Allah has given men more strength than the other, that men have more strength than the women. So where strength is concerned, the men have a degree of advantage. So since they have been given more strength, it's their duty to protect the women. Here, the men have a degree of advantage. Where love and companionship is concerned, where children should give to the parents, the women have a degree of advantage. As I mentioned earlier, the mother gets three times more respect and companionship than the father. Here, the women have a degree of advantage. But overall, if you analyze, men and women are equal in Islam. And for more details, you can refer to my video cassette I'd given a talk on women's rights in Islam, Modernizing Outdated. It's part one. That's the lecture. And part two is question on the question under session. These discuss the issue in great detail, and many misconceptions which are there in the minds of the human being have been removed here. And in this talk, I've divided the women's rights in Islam under six broad headings: spiritual rights economic rights, social rights, legal rights, educational rights, and the political rights. And I've described there that overall men and women are equal.
0: All right. So in Islam, men and women are equal. Now I have another video before I put my input in because I'm learning as well. And... I'll play this one, but I got to show y'all this one.
4: And there are many men around the world whose wives are being told to go get a job and work while they're sitting at home. And they're saying, you have to obey your husband. What kind of ridiculous, what religion is that? Allah Azza wa made men responsible financially. If there's a desperate situation and a wife decides to go get a job on her own, that's a voluntary thing she's doing that she cannot be told to do. And if she does that, if she does get a job, and you're like, hey, can, can we get some of that too? Because I'm your family. No, 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 that's her money. You can't touch it. Allah made this equation in which she has a financial advantage meaning your money is basically hers and her money is hers and you can't look at it and there are many men around the world whose wives are being told.
0: yeah and then this is going to keep going i got another clip and this is the one i wanted to show you where is it yeah it's not that one So y'all see that there are rights in Islam for the women women can have their own businesses um, it's kind of like we both have advantages we have advantages and y'all have advantages and you know I thought that was pretty cool how women could pick their own mates and things like that I thought that was pretty interesting Now, I'm pretty sure that there's only one more video, and this is by Muftimi, and he is talking about the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, how he said that in the last days, instead of people dressing to cover their bodies, they're going to be dressing to uncover their bodies. You're supposed to put clothes on to cover your bodies. But in the last days, people is going to be wearing clothing that show their body. So here we go.
4: Allah addresses us in Suratul araf several times by using the term, Ya Bani Adama, O children of Adam. Amazing. It is an honor to be called after the first of our species and Allah saying, you are children of Adam. I want to give you advice. O oh, children of Adam, listen to this. Now we're listening. So let's go through some of these where Allah says, oh, children of Adam, what exactly is he talking about? The first thing he mentions in verse number 26 of Surah Al-A'raf, he says, يَا بَنِي آدَمَ قَدْ أَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكُمْ O children of Adam, I have sent down to you clothing that will cover your private parts and adornment. And Allah says, وَالْلِبَاسُ ذَلِكَ خَيْرٍ Remember, the clothing of piety is the best. So Allah is telling us, I've sent you clothing to cover yourselves giving you the main aim of clothes some people nowadays clothe in order to reveal that's a sign of the hour the prediction of the prophet muhammad peace be upon him he says people will cover to be uncovered people will cover to show whereas primarily we are supposed to cover to cover subhanallah so remember that allah is telling you o children of adam i have sent you clothing to cover cover. That's the main aim, to cover your private parts. And Allah is saying, as adornment. Now, when He speaks of that adornment, He quickly tells you, remember to clothe yourselves with the clothing of piety, of modesty. That modest wear and that clothing of piety is what Allah will be pleased with. So Allah is telling you libasu taqwa thalika khayr You want to achieve comfort, make sure you're dressed in the most appropriate way. Don't, don't be from among those who really wants to reveal the beauty that Allah has concealed within your private parts and you want to show it off. Allah says, don't do that. You'll plunge yourself into crisis. The best from amongst you. Here Allah says libasu What is better for you is the clothing of piety. To wear the clothing of piety would mean to cover according to what Allah's told you do. And also to adorn yourself with piety means it's not all about your clothing alone, but it is about your character, your conduct, the do's and don'ts, the way you carry yourself as a human being. All of that is included in the term libasu taqwa, the clothing of piety. You cannot be covered from head to toe and still do that which is immoral. And you cannot be a person who is not bothered about how they address others or how they carry themselves and simply say, I've grown my beard. I've perhaps just covered my private parts. It's not good enough. But what Allah wants you to do holistically, ensure that your dressing is also appropriate and it's that of piety, and your attitude, your character, your relationship with Allah and the rest of the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also that of piety, then you will be able to achieve that comfort even in times of crisis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala
0: grant us all goodness. All right, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I liked how um, I learned that When it comes to head coverings in Christianity and Israelite camps, there is confusion, but in Islam, it is mandated that a woman cover her hair to pray because God will not hear her, and I also like how we close with Mufti Meek and how he talked about it's not just about covering up yourself, but it's also about having a good character. And the way you conduct yourself. So with that being said, we are done, and it's time for us to get into the words. Shall we? We
2: shall.